Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Creative Control with Bish Khan. On this episode of Conversation with the iconic Ani DeFranco about her latest record, Allergic to Water, about living in New Orleans, about President Barack Obama, about the state of America and the world today, and her upcoming Canadian tour dates, and some news about some new music she's been working on. And you're going to hear a song from this record, Allergic to Water, before the end of the show. So that's it. Myself and Ani DeFranco. I hope you enjoy this. This episode is brought to you by Pizza Trocadero, the finest pizzeria in all of Guelph, Ontario. They've got delicious gourmet pizzas or choose from an array of fresh ingredients and make whatever you like. Calzones, wings, panzerotti, salads, breadsticks, garlic bread. Pizza Trocadero has it all. You can find them at 7 Municipal Street in Guelph or visit them online at trocaderoguelph.ca. That's T-R-O-K-A-D-E-R-O-G-U-E-L-P-H dot C-A. Call them at 519-829-2444. For pickup or delivery. That's Pizza Trocadero, a place of the good trade. I have to, boy, it's a pain But I don't cry 
Franco is an iconic singer, songwriter, musician, poet, activist, and entrepreneur who currently calls New Orleans home. Born and raised in Buffalo, New York, DeFranco started her own record label, Righteous Babe, when she was 18, and one year later released her self-titled debut record in 1990. That auspicious start has led Righteous Babe to become one of America's most successful independent labels, while the multi-talented, poetic, and outspoken DeFranco is one of the world's most acclaimed and inspiring musicians. Her latest album is the eclectic and vibrant Allergic to Water, which Righteous Babe released in 2014, and it brings her out on the road over the next few months, including Canadian stops in Ontario cities like Toronto, Guelph, Belleville, and Ottawa, between September 12th and 18th. Here to discuss some of these things is Ani DeFranco. Hi, Ani. How are you? Hey. How are you? I'm really well. How are you? Good. Good. Now, where are you right now? In New Orleans. You are in New Orleans, and we've been hearing a lot about New Orleans of late because of the 10th anniversary of Katrina. Right. What has the mood in the city been like? Um, well, there's been a lot of fun stuff going on, you know, street festivals. New Orleans is always looking for a reason to party. <laughs> so we're still alive. <laughs> it's always a good one. Um, I work with an organization called the Roots of Music, which is um, a music school for underprivileged kids in New Orleans. They have a marching band, the Roots of Music Marching Crusaders, and they got to play for the president last week down in the Ninth Ward when he gave his speech. So that was very exciting. Oh, wow. And you were present for that? Uh, no, I wasn't there, but you weren't I was there. doing the up-to-the-minute, you know, <laughs> Let's blow do. by blow. Have you had a chance to uh, uh, meet President Barack Obama? No, I haven't. I haven't. That would have been your opportunity. If you... I know. I know. <laughs> I are, wish. Are you are you something of an admirer of his? I am. I am. You know, I think he's a good, good man. I think he has striven nobly against the forces of evil. <laughs> yeah. Of course, it's it's been, you know, he, whatever. I look forward to seeing the work he will do once his hands become untied, Yeah. you know, by the American Congress. Now, are there any external misconceptions about the state of New Orleans post-Katrina that, that irk you as someone who lives there? Is there something that you wish to clarify as someone who actually lives in the city? Hmm. Well, I mean, I'm not even sure what the, you know, the sort of spin is that, that, that goes far and wide. So, I mean, all I can say is from my perspective, um, the city is in turns, you know, stronger than ever. There's been this huge influx of money and revitalization of the school system and a lot of the infrastructure because of the utter devastation. So, uh, but then on the other hand, it is still utterly devastated. If 
mostly if you come from the poorest communities here. You know, the African-American population of New Orleans is severely decreased post-Katrina because so many people, you know, they lost everything they had and they don't even have the means to come home and rebuild. Mm. Um, so it, it's, it, they're... You know, the, the, the struggle continues um, in a lot of ways. Um, and, you know, like anything radical, uh, like, like a hurricane of that nature, there's, there's the curse and then there are the blessings. So it's safe to say that while the city is in recovery mode, not everyone has benefited. Has benefited, of course, yeah. exactly. And it, unfortunately, you know, it's the cycle continuing. You know, this city was built on the backs of slave labor mm -hmm. and the wealth that comes from that. You know, the modern economy is built on the art um, that it, that has, you know, the, the music and the cultural contributions of, you know, the former slave population, you know, and their, um, you know, transcendence above despair and, and the art that that draws people from all over the world. So still the economy is based on, you know, the culture, the African-American culture down here, and still they're not in, in any way the benefactors, you know, so. Yeah. Now, I mean, we, because of the news cycle, something like this happens and then uh, it goes away mm. uh, from sort of the general population's sight mm -hmm. lines. And I'm curious mm -hmm. if people outside of the city wish to contribute still to any recovery efforts, where would you point someone uh, to help? Um, well, there's a lot of different things going on. I mean, I would bring up Roots of Music again. Mm -hmm. um, which I'm on the board of. It's it's just this. It was started just post Katrina by the snare drummer in the Rebirth Brass Band, and he's somebody that I met, um, you know, just in music years earlier. And he started a music school to get. I mean, people were coming back to an evacuated, devastated city, and there was even less support for poor kids than there was before. So they were just on the streets. There's not even schools open, mm -hmm. you know, let alone, you know, there's no place to go and do something constructive. So he started a music school, you know, in his house. And he, it's been going for 10 years now, and it's grown to 150 students. And, you know, it's like, it's a free school, after-school program. They also provide a hot meal every day. And the transformative power uh, in these kids' lives of, of learning to play an instrument, becoming part of a band, you know, um, you know, plugging into something bigger than themselves, and it's just incredible. You know, some of them have gone on to college. Um, they took a trip out to California. They left not only the city but the state and played at the Rose Bowl. You know, oh, wow. incredible experiences that have uplifted these kids. Um, and also, you know, the, the, the very uh, intentional, you know, the, the idea of Derek's to begin with was to preserve the culture. You know, when you devastate the communities that the musical culture grows out of, you have to, you know, take some emergency measures to make sure that the continuum does not die out. You know, so this brass band music, this street music of New Orleans um, is being... Uh, you know, not just preserved, but revitalized through the roots of music. Um, so that's one, I don't know, organization that people could check out online, but I'm sure there are so many w people doing things in New Orleans that 
uh, to help. Yeah, yeah, and and I presu- is it just rootsofmusic.com or something like yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. we'll 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 point people to that, and I think that that sounds remarkable. Awesome. That, awesome. that sounds amazing. Now, we mentioned President Barack Obama was uh, in the Ninth Ward to make a speech. Uh, something that caught my attention was that George W. Bush recently rolled into town to commemorate the 10th anniversary of the hurricane. How did that make you feel? Wow, I wasn't even aware of that. Oh, yeah. Congratulations to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to take a bow now. You can't hear that on the radio. <laughs> yeah, I don't have TV at my house, so, you know, the great thing is that I get all the news I need to through um, other sources, and I don't get flooded with the BS. So I didn't even know he was here. Okay, but I assume... What a joke. Yeah, it was strange. The photos I saw were him uh, in photo ops. He's been keeping a relatively low profile as far as former presidents go. But thought, Can you imagine? Yeah. The, I mean, what bigger testament to his cluelessness and stupidity yeah. than to come out of hiding for and, and connect himself further with one of the hugest atrocities of his administration. Yeah, I'm a little baffled by his gall and obliviousness in this yeah. regard. It's strange. All right, I, and, I, and I do, I mean, I think everyone on some level, maybe not everyone, but we all have a bit of a mixture of faith and mistrust in our government leaders, mm-hmm. and I don't know how you felt about that, uh, because I know that you've uh, supported various uh, politicians in the past, Dennis Kucinich, Ralph Nader, um, and then something like this happens, and we, we continue continue to experience uh, situations, incidents that really impact our ability to believe in our leaders. How are you, after Katrina, how are you feeling about the the role of government? I mean, what I really, what I long for is 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 a What's what's the billionaire's name? That's Warren Buffett. No, no, sorry. That's running for president. Oh, Donald Trump. Donald Trump. What I long for is a Donald Trump on the left. You know, hmm. somebody who's just gonna say, you know, but I don't know how you do that because <laughs> without a billion dollars in the bank, to just I'm not gonna play the game. I'm gonna say what I think. I'm gonna say the truth. Yeah. You know, but from the kind of perspective that I would like to see, you know, somebody come from. I think that, I mean, Bernie Sanders, I think, is a really strong voice out there now, and I'm very heartened to see the momentum um, behind him. I mean, he's pretty darn awesome, and that's what I think we need to see more of, since you can, I mean, the the evidence is right there all around the Trump, you know, uh, superstardom, that people are longing for people to buck the system, to you know, not play the game to speak their mind. And so I think that, you know, the possibilities for progressives are, are out there. Yeah, yeah, if they have access to that, that funding. Um, right. When did you move to New Orleans? Oh, about a dozen years ago. And what prompted the move? Um, I just, New Orleans is, uh, you know, a mecca for musicians. You know, it's a... It's one of the sort of musical epicenters of the globe, you know, the birthplace of jazz, which I had already fallen in love with Mm -hmm. a dozen years ago, you know. So 
um, I moved down here so that I could be inspired when I wasn't at work myself. (laughs) Okay, yeah, and it seems to have done that. It seems to be all over your latest record in particular. Because of the tragedy that was Katrina, some of us associate New Orleans with high water and levees breaking. Mm. Your latest record is called Allergic to Water. Mm. Beyond the fact that you live there, can you discuss what connections exist between the city and that particular batch of songs? You know, I've learned a lot from living in New Orleans and the people here and um, but w- and my husband and my family. You know, my husband's from here. and um, But one of the basic things is just I think I clicked my biorhythm down a huh. couple of clicks. You know, in New Orleans has taught me how to slow down and chill out. There, there does seem to be less of a frenetic yeah. aspect to your voice in particular. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I'm a different, you know, I mean, having kids <laughs> right. has also affected me very deeply. So it's all, you know, it's all created this sort of transformation of self for me. Um, so, you know, and I think, I mean, the song Allergic to Water is, uh, you know, I mean, the basic concept or metaphor working there is like what if that which sustains you the absolute most necessary thing is also painful right. and and a struggle and that's and and in fact it is <laughs> so you know it's i think there's a lot about the record the the uh, the reason i chose that as the title is cuz there's it runs through a lot of the songs that theme of acceptance um, of struggle. Yeah, no, I can hear that. I my, yeah. I'm a relatively new parent as well. I have a four, ah. four-year-old son and a nine-month-old daughter. Oh, uh, right. How old are your kids? Eight and two. Eight and two. So oh, that's yeah. pretty. Well, a little bit, kind of close. Yeah. And how has that changed you? You you kind of referenced it that referenced mm-hmm. it a little bit. That this has changed me in so many mm-hmm. profound ways, and in particular as someone who tries to create things, mm-hmm. it makes time mm-hmm. very oh, precious. How has it impacted you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Time <laughs> is of the essence. <laughs> I mean, I would say in a sentence, my children have taught me patience. Right. You know, they pull you away from your work every time you, every second you try to sit down and do it. And they take all of your energy and all of your creativity and all of your love, and then they spit you out. Uh, and it's, it's made, you know, it's, it's, it's an excruciating thing to accept as a new parent, as you might relate to. But then the upsides, which I did not foresee, are equally huge. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah patience is an incredibly powerful ingredient in writing. So for me now, I will take months and months and months to complete a song, and I will have a better song. Right. Because I can't, I'm not afforded the opportunity to complete it in three days. So in the end, it's excruciating, and it's frustrating, and it takes immense amounts of patience, but in the end, you have something better. Same thing with album making. You know, I think this slowing down, this forcible slowing down of my pace has made for better records. Well, musically, Allergic to Water is very dynamic, dynamic stylistically, and there are some really cool production and mixing mm. choices that I picked up on. Cool. Uh, we've talked a little bit about your biorhythm slowing down <laughs> and the patience that you, you need to exercise. What else 
stands out to you about allergic to water? It's it's what I believe it's your 18th record or something. Um, yeah. Can you th- talk about what disting- what else distinguishes it uh, for, for well, you? Well, I mean, one thing, it's actually, well, I mean, one thing is that I sort of mixed it. Yes, um, yeah. And I haven't purported to do that <laughs> in many years. Um, mostly because I'm married to a much more talented person than I in that realm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Mike has been kind of in charge of mixing my records for 10 years, or at least he's the voice of reason in the background, um, and, and, and helping me throughout the whole process. This, because of the new baby, who was super high-maintenance, yeah. mommy and daddy working together, for two minutes was impossible, right. you know, the, during this time period. So it was much more of a solo endeavor, uh, like it hasn't been in, in a decade hmm. for me. And a lot of this record was sort of, uh, you know, me in headphones while my family was sleeping. You know? <laughs> that's right. how a lot of the work was done. So that's kind of a flashback to sort of past ways of working for me. It does sound like a headphone record, if you know uh, what I mean. Yeah, right. Uh, if cool. you're listening to it, there's just things being panned and, and doing strange... Right. I like that. Anyway, it's it's very cool. In a crowded world of people who sing and play guitar, you have clearly stood out. Do you recall what first sparked your interest in music as both a listener and a player? I think the music I'm drawn to is is that that comes directly from somebody's spleen. <laughs> spleen? Oh, I've never spleen, heard I've never you know, heard spleen rock. That's interesting. Spleen rock, dude. <laughs> you know, just splat it into the world. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's like the music that is where you make a direct connection through instrument or voice to the person's heart. You know, right? And and the sound, or the production, or the instrument being played, or the genre, or all of that. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot; we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss is secondary and tertiary and what you're really doing is speaking to somebody directly from your heart. I mean, it's 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 an interesting um well, that's what I find compelling in art. Right. And, and when I'm experiencing it and that's what I'm trying to achieve when I'm making it is to let go all the veils um and open all the gates and I can feel it when it's happening when my hands are being guided, you know, sure. 
uh, from the inside or my voice. And, and those, those are the really healing moments of music for me, whether I'm listening or making. Okay. I'm, I'm wondering if it's possible to get a little more specific about role models you had when it comes to the business side of music, because that's something you're celebrated for as well. You started mm. an independent label at the tail end of underground music's golden age before right. it was really co-opted by mainstream elements. What was happening around you at that time that compelled you to start Righteous Babe when you did? Um, you know, the, the environment around me was the folk and roots underground, certainly at the time. Um, you know, a lot of that uh, was happening in Canada. For me, I, 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 my audience grew in Canada before the States even, and that was a direct effect of this festival circuit mm-hmm. that exists there um, and, get, and getting tapped into that early as a very young pup. Um, and it's folk and roots music, and if you go into that world, you will see on either side of the 49th parallel, there's a huge underground of independent promoters, little indie labels, mm-hmm. indie booking agents, you know, these festivals. Um, and so there, you know, there was plenty of precedent around me for people doing exactly what I then started to do, you know, have a career way outside of the mainstream that is not you know, astronomical, but it's sustainable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and 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 um, so, you know, when I started Righteous Babe, it was just another Red House Records, Rounder Records, yeah. um, Bob, you know, Goldenrod, Lady Slipper. You know, there were many communities of independent music biz people. And I, you know, but I just sort of crossed over into a mainstream awareness that, those didn't necessarily. So part of your success can really be attributed to to Canada. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The Canadian, I mean, the support of folk and roots music there by the government, by the people, mm-hmm. um, and then their inclusion of me was huge in the beginning, yeah. especially. Well, we, we like you here. Cool. <laughs> Thank uh, because, <laughs> you know, I mean, Barack Obama is cool, but during the whole Bush two years, I was like, okay, how do I get dual citizenship? How does this work? <laughs> Your mother is from Montreal, right? That's right. You could conceivably. I, I, you'd think. Cash I don't, that I'm in. just too lazy. I haven't <laughs> figured it out yet. <laughs> in speaking to Americans of late on the show, I've been asking them how things are going, and so very, very frankly, Ani, in your opinion, how is America? Oh boy. Well, <laughs> you know, I I got to stay hopeful. I think that the pendulum swing to the left is going to continue. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, I mean, the the big hurdle is to get people to vote, to participate. Yeah. That's what we don't have here at all. We have, like, very little participation. But I think more and more every day, if you could get the participation, you will have a very different political landscape because you have basically more people on the left every day in this country and less people on the right. I'm convinced of it right. through immigration, through evolution, you know. Um, so, I, you know, I think the main task, the main hurdle, well, get money out of politics and get people back in. Now, you say you have to remain hopeful. Some of us, I'm not necessarily including myself in this, but some days I would say that I think the world is getting much worse before it's getting better. I assume you don't think that. 
Well, you know, as a parent, we we can't be afforded this. That's true. This kind of pessimism, because what is it saying to our kids? You know, so, and if you look at it, you know, I mean, I'm I am really looking forward. You know, there's a song I'm I'm working on a new record, and there's another song that's kind of indirectly. Um, Barack Obama is in it. You oh, know. interesting. Um, and uh, basically, in the last verse, I you know I say uh, something. What do I say? Like, um, it'll look how weary the chief. It'll be a relief to hear him say one day, "Do it yourself" or "Get it yourself" or something. Right. Anyway, I'm looking forward to the end of his administration so that he can <laughs> no longer be blamed for everything. Um, and and we can really, again, like I was just thinking about the other day, November 5th, 2008, yes. the morning after he was elected. And it was it was almost like it was one of the best days of my life. You know, it was like the feeling of hope uh, and and joy was in the big picture. It was like, I don't know if I've felt it before or since. And no matter what happens politically from today forward, the first president of the United States that my young daughter ever knew was a black man right. or a half black man, you right, know, right. and the next president may be a female or the one after that. And that's transformational for young people's consciousness. Yes. So things are changing, you know, in, in ways that we, you know, we, we, we need to acknowledge to remain hopeful us parents, you know. I appreciate your empathy for him. I mean, I think that because he's a leader, he's held accountable uh, on so many, you know, policy-making decisions. But at the same time, he's one of the few politicians who comes across as a good man. Um, yeah. And it's hard to, at least for me, to... I'm disappointed in so many aspects of what's been going on in your country under his leadership, but I'm also like, I know he's trying. Yeah. I know he cares. Like, that comes across. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I haven't related... I mean, Jimmy Carter was the first president that I was aware of as a child, and this is the first president since him that I feel I relate to. Right. And And when he fails, I feel like what I'm learning is how, what a difficult position that is to be in. Yeah. You know, and I feel, I bet you I would be failing that same way right now because it's just harder than I can understand. Yes, yes. Now, you mentioned there that uh, you're you're working towards songs uh, for a new album, and, yeah. and, and I was wondering what's next for you. What's the progress on, on this record? Yeah, um, slow, <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, but before even I finish my new record, um, I've been working for a while now on a record of songs by people in prison, oh. uh, men in prison. The United States of America is the most incarcerated nation on earth, which is a travesty um, and uh, not unrelated to race relations in America. Um, so anyway, this is a project that was brought to me by a Canadian singer-songwriter, actually, Zoe Bookbinder. Oh. She lives in New Orleans now. Um, and she sought me out to produce this record because she's been doing writing workshops in the New Folsom Prison in California for years. Okay. Um, 
and collected this body of amazing work, amazing writings. Some of them are collaborations with her or with me, or some of them come wholly and solely from the prisoners. Anyway, but there's, so it's sort of a project in which artists on either, you know, reach through the bars and create music together, prisoners and free people. And, you know, we very much want to help amplify the voices of these people uh, who are locked up and their humanity, you know, and, and, and sort of shine a light into this hidden aspect of America, I think quite hidden from the privileged, you know, class, um, the sort of devastation that mass imprisonment is causing to the underclass. So anyway, it's a really, it's going to be a great record, dude. That, that sounds remarkable. And, and so it's, pr- it's prisoners writing the songs with some collaboration. How, how mm-hmm. does the performance get captured? So many ways. Some <laughs> of them are sung by Zoe, some by other guest singers, one of myself. Um, some of them, many of them are the writers themselves. Which oh, amazing. Recorded over the phone. <laughs> Over the phone. Over the phone. Oh, wow. From prison, yeah. I mean, one of them was released uh, recently, is out right now, and we were able to record him in a studio. So, all different ways. Was that Take Down That Flag, or no? Oh, no, no, no. That was a different different song. Right. Was that about Charleston? Yes. Right. That's right. Sorry, I just glanced at your site and saw that a song had been released in July, and I wasn't sure if that's the one you were referring to. Okay, what's the name of the song that was released? Um, Take Down Your Flag is just a song that myself and Ivan uh, Neville and Terrence recorded um, to honor the Charleston Nine and to, I mean, I just feel very strongly that um, the wisdom and the power of, of uh, uh, of those people and their family and their church community should be should be heeded. Right. We have to, you know, instead of focusing on the gunman and his mentality, focus on the powerful uh, transformational example uh, um, that that the uh, I don't want to use the word victim. That that you know um, the Emmanuel AME community is setting. Right. Right. Okay. And do you have then a time? So this this song is out now, and you, people can view uh, hear it at righteousbabe.com. dot com. Yeah. Uh, is there a timeline on this uh, prison? I don't know. Okay. I got to ask Zoe because I don't know. Soon though, we're we're get, we're really getting there. Okay, and then you're yeah. pretty far along on your own record. It sounds. Um, like? that's harder to say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and is it possible we might hear new songs when you play live, or? Oh yeah. Oh great. Oh yeah. Okay. That that much yeah. I'll definitely be. You know, workshopping my new shit and making sure it's 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 all in the right place. <laughs> well, once again, the latest Ani DeFranco record is Allergic to Water, which is out now via Righteous Babe and brings her to a city near you over the mm. next few months, including Canadian venues like the Great Hall in Toronto on September 14th, the River Run Centre in Guelph on September 15th, the Empire Theatre in Belleville on September 17th, and the Algonquin Commons Theater in Ottawa on September 18th. For more information, please visit RighteousBabe.com. Ani, is there a song from Allergic to Water that we can go out on right now? Uh, jeez, I don't know. <laughs> I guess you could play track one. You want to hear? Kind of rocking. You want to hear Dithering? 
sure. Is there anything you can tell us about that song? Uh, why, oh, why you know, we... it's just it's just an uh, an ode to information overload. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is Dithering by Ani DeFranco. Ani, it uh, was an honor and a pleasure to speak with you. I hope oh, you, thanks. I hope you enjoyed your time on the show, and I wish you the best of luck. Yeah, man, thanks for your time.
Ani DeFranco was on the show. I hope you enjoyed that. Thanks uh, to Ani for being on the program. And I hope for those of you hearing the show for the first time, uh, because she was on the show, I hope you enjoyed that. And I know my wife was thrilled. I I, I guess Ani DeFranco got my wife through some shit. I didn't know that until I told her I I did this interview with her. And anyway, I think it's true of a lot of people. Ani DeFranco will get you through some shit. I hope you go see her on her Canadian dates and check out her latest record and and the new projects that she uh, described there sound really interesting to me coming up uh, soon on the show if all goes well i will have a uh, sort of documentary episode i mentioned uh, a few weeks ago that i was plotting these documentary episodes and the first one if, if all goes well will be a full-length documentary about the band drive like jehu featuring interviews with all four band members and at least one special guest so that's coming up. I Now that I've said it out loud, it means I really have to get to work on this thing. So wish me luck on that. Hey, if you want to listen to uh, Creative Control, I don't know how you're listening to it right now, but you can listen to it on iTunes, audioboom.com. We're there. And there's a YouTube channel where clips are going up and stuff like that. And if you want to connect with the show on Twitter, at Vish Creative. On Facebook, the uh, Creative Control with Vish Khanna page is a pretty good source for stuff and you can like it and whatever also if you want t-shirts i have t-shirts for sale um so check out patreon.com slash creative control if you want to see the t-shirts and if you're interested in purchasing one send me a message there you can also do a monthly pledge uh, to the show via patreon so check that out again and uh, as always, the show does uh, broadcast, a version of the show is broadcast every Wednesday at noon uh, on CFRU 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario, which you can listen to anywhere in the world at CFRU.ca. All right, that's it for me. Thanks for listening. Talk soon.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.